everyone, I am the Geek Demon Ken Bouchard, and welcome to Geek Demon Online. Tonight is a special night, guys. No jokes about it. I have a once-in-a-lifetime, I didn't even think this was possible, but I have with me writer, director, producer, an all-around awesome guy. When you get to meet him, he's just an all-around awesome guy. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight with me is David Madison. Hello, David. I want to thank you, Ken, for having me on your show. Uh, I thank you for all the wonderfully kind words. Uh, I not only consider you a peer, but I also consider you my friend. I think I know you for almost a decade now, so I'm totally honored to be on your show. Thank you for having me. Not a problem, sir. This is, like I said, this is a complete honor of mine. I have been a fan of the horror genre since... I don't know. You, I mean, I'm sure you can agree. Like when you're like little guy and you just grow, you grow into it. So whenever I get a chance to meet someone in the field at writer, producer, director, not, not just an actor, which you are too. It's just like, I'm not worthy. No, you're more than worthy. (laughs) So welcome to Geek Demon Online. Just so you know, this is my first interview, I guess you want to say. So I want to let you know, we're going to do it very professionally absolutely absolutely but with your shoes off i mean we're gonna relax as well so well i have no pants on so it works out perfectly that's perfect you got no pants my shoes are off we're we're good just let's thank god you're there and i'm here because it just get weird yes yes (laughs) so i'm gonna start off I watch your podcast or show. It's labeled podcast on the- Like a streamcast, yeah. Or a web show or whatever you want to call yeah, it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but uh, I watch it. It's the end of the night. My, the my, end of the uh, night, end yes. of the night. Yeah. I got to say, I've, I've watched it like two, three times now. I caught, mm-hmm. you had, a, let's see if I, Craig Hurley. Yes, the gentleman the from, from Waxworks and, and Star Trek. He's a great guy, yep. Then I saw you had Sierra- Serena, Serena Vincent. Serena, Serena. Yes. Serena Vincent. Yeah, from Uh, Cabin Fever and Power Rangers. Yep, she's wonderful. And then you had the Oscar show Mm -hmm. that I caught. That was just this past Sunday. Mm -hmm. Um, You had Katie Barberi. Am I saying it right? Barberi. Katie Barberi. Yep. From and uh, Craig Hurley back. Yes, yes. Those are your friends of mine. And uh, it was just literally, Scott had the idea of doing the, uh, Scott Schiaffo, my co-host from Clerks and Vulgar and the Kevin Smith universe. We call him Grunkle Scott on my show now. Uh, We had, uh, uh, he had the idea of doing an Oscar show. And uh, oddly enough, I think uh, our show actually got better ratings than the Oscars did. Uh, Well, that's not saying much. No, That's not saying much. I mean, your show is great, but I mean, the Oscars were... No, I was just, yeah. uh, It was... uh, (laughs) It was kind of a sad display this year for the Oscars, but be that as it may, it was a fun show. And uh, that's the great thing about the end of the night. Uh, the end of the night actually started almost 10 years ago as a radio show out of, uh, out of uh, Atlantic city. And uh, back then we had guests like Doug Bradley and David Norton and Corey Feldman and everybody you like a who's who of, uh, of, uh, of horror, but now it's more of a pop culture show. And the last, uh, since we relaunched it, like, a uh, uh, a year ago, uh, when it was on a, a different platform, well, we've had like uh, William Sadler and Sam J. Jones, who played Flash Gordon, and Robert Wall from Batman, and 
Tim Busfield and uh, the great director John McNaughton. Uh, it's really, really just like a like a, almost like an actor studio show for uh, some of the uh, like a who's who of uh, of old Hollywood and, and <laughs> of contemporary films. I was gonna say it's like inside the actor studio that that old show. I've, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm weird because I'm I'm only forty, but I remember shows like that are like my parents would watch. <laughs> no, no, I know though. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Inside the was, studio. I think his name was George Lipton, the guy who did those. Something like that. Yeah. And he would always have like a showcase of like one actor and their career and stuff like that. Yeah. It's kind of like what your show is doing. Yeah, this this Sunday night we have Melanie Chardoff, who was on really? the original show Fridays, and she played Miss Musso on uh, on Parker Lewis Can't Lose, which was one of my favorite shows of all time. I see she was and, also the voice of uh, one of the pickles. Yeah, um, uh, Rugrats. Yep, yep. Dee uh, Dee Dee Pickles, I think it was. She just had like a. She's had a really. I mean, she's had a legendary career. I mean, she was on Carson several times i mean that just johnny carson yes that speaks of the level of uh you know of uh, talent and the amazing career she had so i'm so 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 looking forward to having her on sunday night and uh, it should be exciting uh, like i said i've caught the last three so i will be watching that one too thank you <clears throat> excuse me i uh i've got like a throat something like i'm just all night long i was like i'm getting ready for an interview i'm ready i'm psyched <laughs> what the heck but I'm, it's, I'm it's just... that time of year i mean there's a lot of allergies going around oh it's horrible i i noticed on the one show i think i caught the other shows late so i didn't know if you did it but one mm -hmm. show you brought out an old toy yeah so uh, starting it with it uh, on, on some episodes i either go uh I look, I'm, I have a passion for collecting old toys. I either do something where I, I show an old antique toy or an old antique, like I'm an old antique to be honest with you. <laughs> and, uh, and sometimes we do uh, a segment on movies that are really, really uh, great that not many people know about, like hidden gem films. And, uh, you know, we always have, it's just really just a show about having a good time. It's also a show to teach. It's a, it, it, it's a lot, you know, independent filmmakers and filmmakers just in general can watch the show and learn a lot from the guests that we have who have, you know, really, you know, gone on and done wonderful things with their lives. And it's a great forum for independent filmmakers. We're sponsored by Film Hub, mm -hmm. which is a, a wonderful uh, distribution platform for indie filmmakers. So it's just really just, it's, a, it's not only is it a fun show. It's a community and it's also like a resource for indie indie filmmakers and such. I like it because the interaction, like mm -hmm. I've, I've, I've talked directly to you. I've talked directly, well, type-wise, but I've talked directly to you. I've talked directly mm -hmm. to some of these stars that I would mm -hmm. normally not get a chance to meet. Mm -hmm. You know, like some of them are way in California, which is on the other side of our, our, our world here. <laughs> like we're in PA, they're over there. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it, it's a great show. And I, I suggest anybody who's watching this show I know there's only a handful of you, but if you're watching this show, Sunday nights at 10 o'clock. Sunday nights at 10 o'clock, yep. Go on over yep. to his Facebook is facebook.com slash DLM, the end of the night. Am yes. I correct? Yep. yep. Which is David cool. Lee Madison, DLM. Or you, could just, or you could just search David Lee Madison's the end of the night and it should pop up. And like I said, it's Sunday nights. It's usually about an hour. Last 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 week went a little long because of the off. You know, it's funny. Office. We we always have the we always have the <laughs> goal of making the show an hour, but it usually nine out of ten times goes at least an hour and a half. Well, that's like just... this. I started. Mm -hmm. I wanted to do like a, just a half hour thing, like trying to kind of try to keep it 
keep it minimal for uploads and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it, last week, I think I went an hour or six minutes long. We were just like, whatever. <laughs> if, we, if you have something good going, why stop it, right? Uh, absolutely, absolutely. So I want to talk to you a little bit more about your career. And mm-hmm. I don't mean just your career in acting, which I also, oh, I know I'm jumping before we get into everything. Right. I also know you're a big Halloween fan. And I don't mean I just the movie. I'm talking about the holiday. The holiday, yes, yes. So I want to show you. I'm not starting off with a toy. I'm going to start off with something creepy that I picked up just recently. Oh, sweet. And that's this thing. Oh, look at right that. Here. It is a bowl. It's. I got suckered in on one of those, like, look here on Facebook. And I was like, okay. So I went in there. And it was like, oh, look, it's a food-grade skull bowl. And I was like, okay. But it's literally. It's like a skull candy dish. That's yeah. awesome. Got to fill that bad boy up with M&Ms. Reese's Pieces. I'm a or, Reese's brain, Pieces. or brain food. Yeah, there you go. Love, yeah. What, have carrots or something in there? I don't know. That'd be weird. <laughs> but but um, yeah, I just wanted to show you that. And I wanted to show the listeners that I'm not just a mark. I'm a oh, big time mark. See, that. I got this going. Oh, wow. That's, actually, a, that's, a, that's a snazzy poster you got there. Story behind this poster. I got one of these when I've met you at Sci-Fi Valley Con. Mm-hmm. And I was moving like a year or two later and my sister dropped, I had it in a glass frame. She dropped it on the ground. It got scratched up. So I think you gave me this one for free when oh. I saw you again. That's, I was just like, really? Yeah. yeah here's the, you're like, no, man. You're, and that's why I'm like, anyone, they can't trash talk you. They'd be like, hey, you know, David, like, watch your mouth. Yeah, uh, the, the truth of the matter is, is that uh, one of my golden rules in life is to treat people the way I want to be treated myself. And I don't, uh, uh, if I make if I make the smallest movie ever, or if I make the biggest movie ever, I'm still always going to be the same guy. You're going to be that guy, the guy yep. next door. Chill. Yep. Life's That's life's awesome. too life's life's too short to be a schmuck. Exactly. And you're like, I mean, what do you get out of there, right? You know, I went, I mean, I went to college, which is probably one of the most powerful men in Hollywood right now. We were dear friends in, in college. And sadly, I see, you know, you see the changes that happen to people when, when they hit enormous amounts of fame. But he's still a great guy, but, you know, he's not the guy he was in college. Well, that's why I like, uh, when I met you, I believe I also met Scott. Chiafo, mm-hmm. uh, Brian O'Halloran, which mm-hmm. you guys are like a clique for some reason. Like I, every time I see you, there's like one of them around. It's mm-hmm. like you guys are that tight. Um, but yeah, when I met you guys, like all of you, you were like, hey, come take a picture. Hey, you know, let's talk. If you've got something to say, we'll talk mm-hmm. together. I've seen also celebrities that won't even breathe your way unless you pay them. Right. Yeah. That's just sad. Like, don't get me wrong. I love celebrities. I love meeting them. I love going to conventions. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a level that celebrities should not pass. And that's remembering, like, the people that got you to your celebrity status. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I think Kevin Van Hentenrick is a good guy, too. He was with us when... Uh, yeah, I can in... never say his last name. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Van from, Hentenrick. Uh, from Basket Case. Kevin's a great guy. He's part of... That, that crew that heads out and we uh, have such a great time when we go out to Altoona. I know I was freaked out when I saw him like I remember uh, he was coming along with you guys and when I saw him I was just like dude basket case like I grew up with that movie people don't understand it's just mm-hmm. plus I have a very strong connection because I was born this is like a well-known slash not well-known with all of my community but uh 
I was born actually conjoined. Oh, okay. But underdeveloped. It was like they had to separate it. Mm-hmm. And that was it. So anytime I watch Basket Case, it's like, well, that's my life story. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that, I, that's my life story. Uh, my dad and I used to get a kick out of that. We're we're odd couple. <laughs> How's so your son, our, by the way? Uh, he actually, uh, he's doing good. I, I kind of, because of these meetings and like the show starts at 7.30, so I'm like... Mm bed by seven like you don't have to go to sleep but you got to be there but i uh, know he's doing good yeah thanks for asking he's um he's a great kid to strangers <laughs> okay i got it well, every interaction i've had with him he's a great kid i'm the father you're the passerby you're gonna I gotcha. see, see I gotcha. but yeah, i mean he's good he's a good kid um i i love him dearly but speaking of kids your daughter yes yeah. um you're a family man she is amazing okay i have oh, yet to meet her but every time i see a post about her it's like on a roll on a roll on a roll on a roll. it makes my hits i'm like how many years like does it go by a quarter or years i mean she's like- no oddly enough that from kindergarten to now she's a senior uh her collective gpa is 100 she's how, how do you i can't even fathom like having like that's like a perfect gpa ain't it it's just like i have yeah i have no idea how this happened because i'm such a moron her mom is smart <laughs> but uh it, it's a matter of she just has a, an unbelievable passion for uh, academia and for being smart and she thinks that being smart is attractive and hip and not many people think that way anymore so i think that's you know is always going to behoove her well you keep telling her like she's she's on the right track i don't care what anyone says that's the way to go. I mean, she's going to want for nothing. She, yes. I'm not even talking about like inheritance or families or mm. whatever. I'm talking about her, her life path. She ain't going to want oh, for yeah. nothing. I'm hoping that she supports her sad, pathetic old daddy when she's a multi-billionaire. I'm hoping. Multi-billionaire. I'm hoping my son gets a job at McDonald's. I'm like, man, 16, you're going to start paying bills. <laughs> uh, okay. I want to talk. I got bulletins here. I got a whole cheat sheet. Normally I'm not this prepared. But okay, I'm in trouble now. Sheet. Yes, you are. I want to start your career off before the movies. Okay. I got wind. I don't think we mentioned this together. I've never heard mm. you talk about it. But on your podcast, you made mention that you used to be a celebrity bodyguard. That is correct. Yeah, I did that for uh, over 20 years. Yeah. 20 years as a bodyguard. Yeah. yeah, what most people don't realize when they watch these shows is that I stand six foot seven. And I'm like... That's true. I'm like 265 pounds. I'm a much bigger guy than I look like on these shows for some bizarre reason. You should see and, us together. Uh, <laughs> You're six foot seven and I'm five foot six. We're like, it's it's almost like twins. I'm Danny DeVito <laughs> and you're like Arnold. And uh, and I, I went to LaSalle Academy, which is LaSalle Military Academy, one of the more prestigious uh, uh, high schools. And uh, uh, when I was done, uh, and I went to Queens College, uh, I got into doing uh, what was called celebrity asset protection. And then I just became a straight bodyguard. I even did some secret service tours for presidents, like uh, presidential, uh, not presidents, people who were running for president, like Jerry Brown when he was running for president and Bob Dole when he was running for president. So it was was all all pretty cool. And it, it was really great about that. Is that in that line of work, I was able to establish some really great connections. And then later on in life, 
uh, when I was approaching my 40th birthday, always wanted to be a filmmaker. And I said, if I don't make the, a movie now, it's never going to happen. And that's why in uh, 2010, I made Mr. Hush. And uh, I uh, retired from my life of bodyguarding and uh, asset protection. And uh, it was actually called a field operative later on when I was doing other type of work. But uh, yeah, it was uh, just a matter of I'm getting old and uh, I want to do stuff with my life that I, I find to be much more fun and more palatable. Oh, here's the thing. You don't have to name drop, hmm? but what is the craziest thing as a bodyguard to these high end people? What's the craziest thing you either witnessed or had were involved in? Well, I was, uh, I was, uh, and this is actually something that you, you could Google online. Uh, I was uh, pro uh, protecting a major, major rock star. And uh, this major rock star was asked by the Ku Klux Klan of all people to play at a, at a giant rally that they were having. They actually had rallies back in the day. And uh, to, to upset them, because uh, he, he didn't like that they had any kind of connection to them, he made a video in which he was uh, uh, romantically involved with an African-American woman, a beautiful woman in his video, and sent it to them just to piss them off. So they, <laughs> from, that point forward, from that point forward, they, they, vowed, they vowed to kill him. Wow. And uh, I was at uh, uh, a gig and something happened and I got shot in my abdomen. Uh, I have a beautiful little bullet wound mark in my lower left abdomen came out of my right hip and uh and that was yeah that was probably the the most dramatic thing that happened uh there's a lot of just uh scrapes and and things with people who get overzealous but that's that's the coup de gras it's probably what made me not want to do it anymore <laughs> i can bet like it's like yeah. You got freaking shot. I mean, that that would that would be an eye opener for all occasions. Be like, yep, yeah, no, nope, yep, I'm done. That, that ruins your day. <laughs> it's like it's like I had plans. Yeah, kind of ruined it. I'm mm. done. And it's funny. It's not like you would think it would feel. It feels like what you imagine being touched with a hot poker feels like more than what you would think. What a, it feels more like a burn. I'd assume like you're almost not feeling it because like it happens so fast. Yeah. No, I, like, I, I didn't know I was hit and, uh, and one of my partners ran over to go, I was on the ground and like, you okay. You okay. I was like, yeah, man. But somehow I got burnt. Cause I thought I felt like a burning, like an intense burning. And then when I reached down to feel like where the burning was, I pulled my hand up and it was filled with blood. So I knew I was, but it was like very, very strange. And the feeling I don't want to ever experience again. Yeah, no, and I hope as a director and a producer, <laughs> that's that's far from it. Right? No, with some of my views on on anti-gun views and 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 left-leaning views, and you never know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like, what do you say? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, all right, so we jump from a career of bodyguarding and mm -hmm. getting your ass shot and mm -hmm. getting this re revelation. Movie time, now or never. Right. Your first movie, 2010, Mr. Hush, like which I showed again right, right here. Awesome movie. Let's Thank talk you. about it a little bit because this is your horror. This is your horror movie out of your collection. Mm -hmm. This is mm -hmm. the one you've done so far. Yes. And me being a horror geek, I was like, this is what dived me into the And I just finished my second one. I just finished my second one, oddly enough. So Sweet. That's awesome. well, we will get into that 
here. Yep. A couple but buttons down. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but uh, Mr. Hush. Yes. What was your inspiration for Mr. Hush? Mr. Hush was clearly inspired by my favorite horror movie of all time, Fright Night. Uh, and that's why, it. yeah, that's why I reached out to Stephen Jeffries to play Stark. Stark is literally supposed to be a contemporary evil Ed, and that's what made me so happy when he came on board. But uh, when I was writing it, it was literally uh, the outlaw Josie Wales, uh, Clint East, great Clint Eastwood cowboy film, and Fright Night combined. What would a, a man who has everything do when the things he loves the most are taken away from him? And uh, and uh, uh, that's literally how I came up with the idea of, uh, of Mr. Hush. And you know, it's funny, I'm, that movie, when it first came out, uh, my distributor at the time, uh, Horizon Films, which was Kino Lauber, mm -hmm. uh, they made a cover art that was very, very similar to the great uh, pop culture film, horror film, Retreat. And uh, about six weeks before it came out, they had put, uh, the uh, people started to see what the DVD and Blu-ray cover art was going to be like. And there was an enormous backlash and everybody who liked that, uh, who likes trick or treat uh, and just were really slamming my film before it even came out. And uh, the sad part is, is that when you're an independent filmmaker, you have no control over what cover art they did. When the movie came out in theaters and I had control of it, it had totally different cover art. It's and, one of those things like you sent it, you said, hey, I need it, and they, they create it, and you're just like, that's it. Yeah, yeah, I got no say. Once they create the cover art, you know, once they once you sign the contract over to a distributor, it's pretty much out of your hands. Gotcha. And uh, when, the, when, uh, when the horror community got word that the cover was uh, uh, a direct ripoff of Trick or Treat, which is honestly a direct ripoff of Rob Zombie's Halloween, so it's mm -hmm. like a vicious cycle. Uh, it was... Uh, uh, the first three weeks before the film, before anybody even seen it, people went on IMDb, and I mean over a hundred people went on IMDb and gave my movie a one. Uh, you know, people who haven't seen the movie yet, and you know things like that. When you're an independent filmmaker, you're like, that's an incredible slap in the you know, face. It's a slap in the face, and it's a really hot. You know, uh, when you're buried like that, it's a really high mountain to climb out of. So sadly, I think a lot of people went into the film with preconceived notions of, of disliking it and, and giving it a hard time because of its cover art. But in retrospect, looking back at it, uh, I think it's just a great little, uh, it's supposed to be a contemporary reinvention of 80s horror movies. Which and I can see that. Like yeah. when I watched the film, like I watched it, I rewatched it this afternoon mm -hmm. so I can get that fresh, okay, this is what I'm going in on. Mm -hmm. um, you can see the 80s feel to it yeah uh just not necessarily the campy 80s like mm -hmm. mind you just the 80s horror feel and when you said that uh stephen jeffries which i loved in like 976 evil and fright mm -hmm. night um you said that he played a i could see the contemporary evil ed like it was mm -hmm. kind of like evil ed survived fright night aged, and now works for mr hush <laughs> yeah, aged and now works for mr hush like uh what's his name um the main the main vampire in fright night oh jerry dandridge jerry dandridge jerry mm -hmm. dandridge died mm -hmm. spoilers i mean it's an 80s movie if you haven't right. seen it i'm sorry but he dies and somehow 
Ed survives. Like he got sta- staked, if I remember correctly, as well. But right. he, he survives. Yeah, because you mean, see him in the, the postcards. He yeah. says, "You're so cool, Brewster." Yeah. At the end. Well, you have to. You have. To, I mean, there's actually a real reason why he would have survived because when he gets staked to the heart, uh, if you remember the scene, Peter Vincent Roddy Dell pulls the stake out of his heart and mm-hmm. walks out of the house to go f- do battle with Jerry Dandridge. But uh, in vampire law, if you remove the stake before sunrise, the, the vampire can resurrect. They can heal up so, and they can come back. Yep, makes total sense that, that, <coughs> that, that evil Ed would have returned. I was waiting for the line, though. I was waiting for that. You're so cool. Like when they, when they had uh, Brad Laurie mm-hmm. down in the basement and um, Edward, is it always mm-hmm. Edward X Young or is it just Edward Young? How do you? Edward X Young, yeah. Yep. yeah. When he turned around, which I love his performance, by the way. Mm-hmm. He, out of all the performances, I mean, Brad Laurie was good, mm-hmm. but normally I don't go, oh, the villain was okay. And, and the mm-hmm. villain was really good in Mr. Hush. Mm-hmm. Like you picked a really good person to play the vampire because just he had this cockiness. Yeah, he was supposed to be a little bit of uh, Max von Sydow's uh, uh, character from Needful Things. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, just he he did a wonderful, wonderful job. He's a disciple of Vincent Price, Edward X. Young, and he was very passionate. And what was really cool is Brad Lurie, who played the hero Holland, uh, also played Michael Myers. Yes. And his boss, Steve Dash, his boss in the film, Mac, was played by the late Steve Dash, who played Jason Voorhees. So mm-hmm. it was kind of cool how it was like <laughs> a, a full circle of horror icons all coming together for the it, movie. It was cool, and like I said, to have those horror icons from like the eighties mm-hmm. in a movie that feels eighties. Um, just, it was, it was a great film. And oh, thank you. And guys, I tell you on Facebook and I'm going to say it again, go see it. If you can't buy it, which buying is the best way, because I don't know if you still get any re- revenue. If they bought it off the Mr. Hush.net sign, uh, page where I actually signed them all. Uh, that, that would be better, <laughs> but anyway, so you, you can see them you over there. there. I'd be happy. Yeah. Go there, get it signed, give it a watch. Support independent indie films. Yes, thank I just, you. I just that's my big thing. Support the independent artists, authors, writers, actors, mm-hmm. directors. Support us. Go to his. Uh, do you have the URL to? Yeah, MrHush.net. Yeah, go to MrHush.net. Get the movie. You won't be disappointed. Yeah, M R H U S H dot net. And you'll get a fancy autograph. Where's my oh, fancy autograph? He signs them. <laughs> I have actually one of them too, but I have it in a clamshell that I got when Toys R Us was closing. They had uh, these clamshells for their video games and stuff. Oh, sweet. And I was like, I grabbed a bunch and I just it's there. <laughs> you got a, it looks like you got an awesome collection of DVDs and well, pops and all kinds of cool stuff. Well, this is all just horror. This is like my horror collection here. Not to mention like everything else that way. Sweet. <laughs> yeah um but for mr hush mm-hmm. right we're gonna jump to i see here 2011 you were in a film called emerging past emerging past yeah that was uh, a lot of the people who worked on mr hush we st- we met together uh, and my um, my co-producer tom churchill uh uh we worked on a film called emerging past which also had steve dash and uh, it was another all-star cast of horror icons. It had Brooke McCarter from The Lost Boys. It had uh, uh, Stephen Jeffries and Tony Moran, the original Michael Myers from Halloween, and Steve Dash. And uh, Tom Churchill and I went to grammar school together. 
and uh, we uh, did his uh, uh, film, Emerging Press, which he wrote and directed. Uh, it was a great film. Uh, we did that one first, and then we took about six months off, and we went and we did uh, uh, Mr. Hush second. So it was kind of like a collaborative team that we worked together on our, on our movies uh, back in 2010. Oh, see, I got, I saw, I see it as um, I thought Mr. Hush came out first because I and you're on your timeline. It's on uh, IMDb. I, of course, I went to IMDb to get a listing here of everything I can get, mm-hmm. and it said 2011. I think- I think that uh, uh, I think that we well I know we shot Merging Pass first and mm-hmm. we shot Mr. Hush second, but I think Mr. Hush got picked up first by a distributor gotcha. and was released first. And luck of the draw thing. Which, oh, yeah. Which one was coming out first? Yep, yep. And you play a character named the Rooster. Like, what is is this like a legit rooster or are you? Oh no 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 no! I play. Uh, I work in Merging Pass. I, I work for uh, a newspaper, and my boss is Stephen Jeffries. Mm-hmm. And uh, the star of the movie, Christopher Grady, is a reporter who's having like horrible hallucinations. And I work for Stephen Jeffries. I'm like kind of like the co-editor at the uh, newspaper that Stephen uh, Stephen is the editor at. And I got to do a scene uh, with uh, my childhood hero, uh, Stephen Jeffries. I think he ultimately got cut out of the film. So screw you, Churchill. No. <laughs> um, I think I think it's on the director's cut. But uh, yeah, it was a fun, uh, it was great. And it was a, an honor to do that scene with Steven and to work with all those guys on that movie. And then from Emerging Past, mm-hmm. I'm seeing here, that's when you started the podcasting, the, the web show it would be the next thing starting in 2014. Yeah, uh, I, that's when I did. It was more of a radio show then. It was actually out of an FM station out of Atlantic City, New Jersey. And that's when we did... Uh, um, uh, Brian Enright and I and uh, a, cu- a couple of other guys uh, did the end of the night on the radio and we literally had you a who's who of horror icons on our show back then it was a lot of fun and uh, it was really the genesis of what made me do the now talk show end of the night that you see on Sunday nights at 10 o'clock so it's actually was it two separate shows or is it just a continuation type show? No, no, it's a you know it's the same title and it's the same idea. But back then I didn't have Joe and Scott, who are the my my you know two of my best pals who I do the show with now. Uh, and of course it was just a radio show. I actually the show now is much more visual. It's much more of a talk show. Yes, and it's a great show. Um, again, I can't get enough of it i'm gonna oh. see it i can't wait for this sunday actually i After, hope we don't disappoint you well it hasn't been so far and like I, I'm, I'm a skeptic i'll be honest with you man I, everything i go into no matter if i like the person or not i go in like okay i'm gonna give this a, a, a shot mm-hmm. if i like it i don't whatever dude i watch normally i'm at work at eight o'clock at night on sundays so i'm sitting there at work on my phone that's why it's like replying to you guys i'm like (laughs) but yeah i'm usually i tune in every sunday now well i was talking up in the last show and then afterwards i talked to the beautiful katie barberry who was you know in literally dozens of movies and was from ferris bueller's day off in the garbage Mm -hmm. bill kids movie and i told her what a great guy you are and she wants to do your show so really yeah send her a send her a facebook i am or something and 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 she'll gladly come on i will have to because i remember she said something on lines of or i think you did you said that she was into Garbage Pail Kids because I couldn't recognize her. Like, I remember Tangerine. I, I don't remember uh, Katie Barberi. Mm-hmm. And, of course, years go on. And, I mean, right. 
makeup and all that stuff. She's so even when she more was, beautiful now. She is. I mean, yeah. I mean, eighties fashion. So yeah, it is. <laughs> but no, you're right because I saw her. And I was like, no way, no way. Garbage Pail Kids was made like way long ago. Yeah, but I think she's only like fifteen in that movie. Oh, oh honestly, really? She was that yeah, young? She's just a kid, yeah. But um, wow, fifteen. Well, I guess I mean her 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 counterpart was a young guy too in that. Mm-hmm. So. But um, yeah, I, you said something and she said she was in Garbage Pail or you said she was from Garbage Pail Kids. I typed that I love the movie, which I have stories to tell her if I get to talk to her about that. And she was like, well, if I ever get on your show and I was just like, what? <laughs> what? But uh, yes, so I'm going to have to message her. Thank you for uh, throwing out. You're very welcome. Thank you. Give me a pat on the back for having a connection. Yeah, you're a great guy. <laughs> so we go from the end of the night, which is still continuing, mm-hmm. 2015's Middle Village. Oh, yes. This movie, I'm from what I gathered, from what I've read, from what I've seen, is your love for your hometown. Yes, yeah, so it's just a love letter for the town I grew up in, Middle Village. The movie actually, Middle Village just serves as the place that I tell the story about. But uh, it's a more of a love letter to a simpler time when, you know, we used to go out and play stickball and we would know to come home when the streetlights came on and we used to put baseball cards in our spokes, Mm -hmm. play ring and run and do all these wonderful things that this generation has no idea about. And uh, it was just a a loving ode of uh, me and Brian O'Halloran from Clerks. He played Dante from Clerks and he's just uh, one of the main men over at the VSU universe. Uh, we walk around my hometown. We just have a, a wonderful time. It's really a film that you don't have to be know you know of Middle Village to enjoy. You just have to, uh, you know, want to reminisce about things that aren't no aren't really done anymore. Well, what I was gonna say, it kind of like watching it. Mm-hmm. It's called Middle Village. Yeah, yeah, Middle Village. Mm-hmm. It's about your hometown, but when you watch mm-hmm. it, it kind of puts you into your hometown. Yeah, like, it kind of it serves as everybody can kind of relate to what we're talking about. Exactly. And what was really cool about that movie is that after its theatrical run, it played, uh, I think, in like twelve theaters, but only throughout New York State. And uh, what was cool about it that after that theatrical run, when it came out on DVD, uh, uh, a writer for CNN has a great website, uh, a great page. Uh, oh, the name is eluding me. Well, whatchereading.com, which is one of the most respected film and book uh, uh, critic uh, review pages. Review. Yeah. And in 2015, every year he puts out his, the top 15 movies of the year. And in 2015, he named Middle Village one of the top 15 movies of 2015. So I was honored and thought that was really, really cool. Like I said, and, and rightfully so, because like I said, when you watch it, for anybody that has any sense of nostalgia. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to say like the younger guys, the younger kids, the younger generation, they haven't had a chance to hit nostalgia. Right. Everything's still new to them. Mm-hmm. But those that are like maybe mid thirties on. Yeah. I know? think 35 and on, you'll have a real blast uh, listening to about some of the stories and the things we talk about in that movie. Just because like it's, it was a simpler time and you, you, you can put yourself there. Absolutely, absolutely, and it's and, in and in 2021 with the way the world is right now, it's really nice thinking about the way things used to be. 
you, you need a simpler time. We need something because it's just, it's chaotic anymore. Yep. But from, from Middle Village, we're going to move on to 2018. You mm -hmm. took a little break, got there. But you jump into acting mm -hmm. again with, uh, if I get this right, uh, I get this word wrong. I, I had said it oh, last. Uh, okay. Is it Malevolence 3? Mal Malevolence, yes. Malevolence. Yes, Malevolence 3, yep. The other day I was talking to my, my co-host I normally have who mm -hmm. disappeared today. But um, I go, John, uh, he was in male violence. And wait, no, it's not male violence. It's male, malevol uh, malevolence. So, yes, Malevolence 3. Yes, with Adrian Barbeau was in that movie. Was it pretty Killer? Awesome. Wasn't that yeah. the subtitle? Kill Killer? Yeah, that was the, the, sub you know, the subtitle, yeah. Malevolence 3. Killer. And uh, Malevolence 1 and 2, I think Michael Bean was in one of them. Uh, long story, Steve Mena, great friend of mine, and a wonderfully, wonderfully talented director who did the Malevolence uh, uh, trilogy, and uh, he did some really, really fantastic movies, uh, uh, asked me to come down and literally just do like a cameo scene in Malevolence uh, uh, 3. So uh, I went down to Lancaster, and uh, we shot for a day, and uh, he kind of... Uh, really liked my character and the performance that I gave in that one day and decided to write the character in throughout the movie. So that was really, really awesome of Steve to, uh, to uh, yeah, play FBI agent Smith in that movie. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was a really great, great experience. And Men is a great, great filmmaker. <clears throat> I can't wait to see what he uh, does next. And uh, I got to work with him for uh, probably a cumulative of seven days on that film. And it was just a lot of fun. And uh, that film, that that uh, installment in particular of Malevolence has a real Halloween feel to it. So uh, uh, if you haven't seen the Malevolence, uh, I think the first one's Malevolence, the second one's Bereavement. Yes. And so. the third one's Malevolence 3 Killer, if I'm not mistaken. I, be uh, I believe just, you're correct. Yep. Uh, just, a, just a fantastic, fantastic trilogy. And uh, I'm honored to have, a have had a small part. It. It's awesome that he saw saw your portrayal of this agent, and he was just like, "Wait, okay, hold on, let me uh, let me just pull out a pen here and just write you into here. We're gonna write you into here." You know, it's funny, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, the only scene I really had was at the one that's literally at the end of the movie, where I walk up to the the main FBI guy and said, "It's a bloodbath in there," you know, right behind the ambulance. And for some reason, uh, Stephen. Uh, we, we always have a great time together. We go to Met Games together. We've been friends for a long time. Uh, so, you know what? Agent Smith's a really cool character. Let's, let's kind of sprinkle him throughout the movie. So it was pretty awesome. That's, that's awesome. And then from, from that, <laughs> you jump to 2019 with a sequel, sort of. Like, it's a short, a short yep. film. But a sequel, or actually it would be a prequel. Yeah. Uh, a prequel to Mr. Hush called Mr. Hush Legacy. Yes, Mr. Hush Legacy was literally a, a, a prequel that I contrived when I was visiting uh, uh, Lancaster and uh, not Lancaster. Where was the big battle, the big Civil War battle? I'm having the Devil's Gettysburg. Den. Gettysburg. I'm having a break. <laughs> it's all good. Getting old. I can't I say no violence, so malevolence. I was, I was down good. in Gettysburg uh, and came up with a concept 
to shoot uh, a, a Civil War era to really start the story of, of Mr. Hush. And we literally shot that, uh, that prequel. It's only a 15 minute long film uh, to promote the relaunch of Mr. Hush after I got the rights back uh, because we packaged it together uh, on a bunch of streaming services so that to, to you know, give a little bit of a kickstart to Mr. Hush. But I love that short, it's wonderful. It takes place with, uh, uh, with myself and Edward X. Young uh, in the heart of the Battle of Gettysburg in the Devil's Den, where uh, he's uh, revealed that he's uh, Mr. Hush. And it's just, uh, I think it's pretty, pretty cool stuff. Yes. And it's, like I said, it's a short, but it, it actually, it's a good piece to add on to Mr. Mm -hmm. Hush. And I didn't know you got the rights back. Like I was doing my research and I saw that like somebody had the rights. Um, I forget the name of it, but then I was like, wait a minute, if he doesn't have the rights, how does that work? Like, because when I was thinking, like, how does he get paid and like the money? Yeah, no, no, I only got my rights back to Mr. Hush in 2019. I had a seven year deal with Kino Lorber and Horizon Films. Mm -hmm. And then when the deal expired, I got the rights back. And now uh, I have a wonderful partnership with a more amazing company called Film Hub. And now they, uh, they have uh, the rights to all of my films. Now they have the rights to like the artwork and everything too. Like that's all included. Uh, the uh, every the great thing about working with Film Hub is that the artist provides everything. Okay. So if I give them a film, I don't have to worry about them creating an artwork. No, I mean like to... like this. Right. That was already done for Horizon. Right. Is well, that uh, yours too now. When I when I when I signed my contract with Horizon, I made it. I luckily had a very smart attorney look over my contract and anything that was Mr. Hush related. Well, would always I would retain the rights to. Awesome. So you, yeah. you have everything. So you don't have to like start from scratch. No, oh. no, no. I I just changed the the, the title font because mm -hmm. I was never a big fan of what what they did with it. I always kind of liked that loving ode to Fright Night vibe. Where it's like the, the the kind of like the, the teeth, yep. the H and the whatever. Yeah. Or the M, the M and the, and the H. Yeah, the, kind yeah, of H. make like either fangs or steaks or whatever you'd want to call it. And. So what I suggest, I don't know if you've done this yet or not, but you, you have plans on taking Mr. Hush Legacy and adding it as like bonus content? Uh, I have no idea. I, I mean, I, I, sadly, I think the, the whole Mr. Hush uh, uh, Pathion is probably over at this point. I don't know, man. I, 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 think, I think there could be like you left it as a sequel. You left, right. you left it yeah. quite open. Yep. But it, it, the movie is sadly eight years old, almost nine years old now. And uh, I mean, when we got together to do Legacy, we kind of all knew that it was going to be just one little less uh, fling. Mm -hmm. Well, it's still a good ode. And like mm -hmm. I said, I, I would personally love to like see a package deal where you get like Mr. Hush, Mr. Hush Legacy. That, that, that just be my thing. I'm one of those guys that like, you know, I miss the bonus content right dvds used to become like packed with like extras like director's commentary actor commentary mm -hmm. uh behind the scene films and all that stuff is like my selling point when i buy a dvd yeah we had all kinds of stuff on the mr hush uh, mm -hmm. uh dvd and uh the mr hush legacy uh when it's uh up on amazon and pages like that they don't really allow you to put uh they don't really allow you to put supplementals gotcha so uh, if they're ever packaged together on a DVD or Blu-ray, I'll add some goodies. So you're going to have to let me know so I can get it because that would be another one I have. I'll just send it to you. Oh. 
you guys heard that i'm gonna hold it to you <laughs> you know i will so we're gonna go from mr hush legacy to darkness waits ah i love darkness waits uh, my Which, dear friend go ahead sorry i'm sorry you play a joe mason yes uh my dear friend libby mcdermott who's an amazing amazing uh director uh directed that film and uh we went to waynesboro pa and uh uh, I brought out my dear friend, Scott Schiaffo, who plays the mayor and I'm kind of the mayor's muscle in that movie. And uh, it's just a terrific, terrific film. It's uh, available on all the streaming. So please check it out. Darkness Waits. Uh, uh, Libby li- literally has a sensibility. It's very, very similar to the great David Lynch. And uh, I think her work, I think very she's, artsy. yeah, I know. I, I just, I, I honestly think that uh, uh, 10 years from now, uh, uh, she's going to have lines around the block at, at, at conventions because she's just that amazing of a filmmaker. And uh, I was really honored to work on that film with her and to uh, work. Uh, that was the movie that the late uh, Conrad Brooks made his very final movie appearance in. Wow. So to be in the same movie, uh, you know, not only with Scott Schiaffo and Jim Crutt, but also to have the legendary Conrad Brooks in it was uh, really, really just amazing. I get that honor. Um, I was not in a movie with any of these big names, mm-hmm. but I used to do independent wrestling. Mm-hmm. And I got to one of my first few shows I ever did, Nikolai Volkov, which uh, old school wrestler. I'm not, I'm not sure if you're into wrestling. Oh, I totally am. Dude, I uh, He's trust a me. <laughs> Hall of Famer, old, yep. old wrestler, but an awesome wrestler. And I got to like work with him, shake his hand, he was just an awesome guy. So I, I can only imagine working with yes, somebody I was, like that. Saw him at Madison Square Garden wrestle Bruno San Martino for the World Heavyweight that's, Championship, that's, and he, bro- really cool. he <laughs> dis- dislocated his shoulder. I remember like yesterday, he used to wrestle with a his tag team partner was a Russian fellow named Ivan Koloff. Yeah, and uh, yep. So I know exactly. That's awesome. That's awesome. It's a great memory. But yes, I, I can only imagine how working with, like you said, these people, these names. Mm-hmm. and get the opportunity it's it's almost it's almost euphoric like you work with them and some of them like this is like, like you said the last last shows yep and you've had the it's an honor to be in that you know yeah i also do a convention called literally uh it's my convention called the weekend of fear and one of the things that i think was the greatest thing about the weekend of fear is that it was betsy palmer's last convention the great really? uh, actress from yeah from friday the 13th so, I mean, it's all pretty cool stuff. I think Steve Dash's last movie was, uh, you know, m- movie that was actually released to a wide market was Mr. Hush, and he passed away. So it's kind of these, to continue these legacies of some of these amazing people are pretty epic. And, yeah, just, wow, Betsy Palmer, that, that, that's a name. I, mm. I remember seeing, I think she was in the last, like, Freddy versus Jason, and... Like she's she's been in a lot of them, right? Yeah, no, she's uh when she was in the original Friday the Thirteenth back in the early eighties, it was uh she was the big name, the the big star that they got to. Uh, I mean, that's why she's only in the last few minutes because she was. Shh, yeah. She's the killer. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to spoil never, anything. I never knew. I never knew how they got that hockey mask <laughs> on her. It's amazing. Yeah, how did how did she buff up so much? So right? much, yes. Um, darkness waits. We go into your next movie. Now, right. I was gonna I was gonna cover Mr. Hush uh, Weekend of Fear. You just said yeah, you've, yeah. Ha- you've had two of them. Three of them. Three of them. That's right. Yeah. 
any plans we, of we did want we did want to uh, the greatest the most fun one is that we took over a western themed amusement park and we combined a horror convention on the weekend before halloween with uh, a uh, we haunted out a western town literally had shows where like the uh, the headless horseman ran through town and chasing the uh, the horseman of the it was just really really mind-bogglingly wonderful uh, show we had such a great time at with that uh, wild west wild west city wild west wild city west in city, new jersey Metcon, right new jersey. yeah yep yeah. in Metcon, new jersey we had an absolute blast it was a star-studded show and we just had a great time and uh i don't know i, I don't i i've had three in the last 10 years i don't do them for any other reason than just to have fun with friends so i don't know if that'll ever happen again but if it does Maybe, you know, it'll just be for fun. I can see it being a little iffy, plus with the, everything going on right now. Right. So, yeah, yeah. but yeah, um, I, I've, I've always wanted to go to a weekend fair. Just always hit, like, it's like, here it comes. And I'm like, <sighs> life. <laughs> uh, yeah. Can I bring up one other thing that most of us always forget when they interview me? What's that? Back back in uh, 2014, Brian O'Halloran, Scott Schiaffo, and Alan Jax Bowers, who's a drummer for uh, Jimmy Buffett. We all got together in a studio uh, up in in Northeast Pennsylvania in a in a uh, uh, like a couple days before Thanksgiving, and we uh, can, I, and can we, I pause you a second? Uh, absolutely, because I'm not every host. <laughs> okay, the wandering want, wannabes. Yeah, there you go. It was listed go. right here, my friend. Uh, we were, we okay. were going to talk about it, but go ahead, continue. I'm no, sorry. No, and we got together <laughs> and we and we and we uh, recorded uh, with Brian O'Halloran on lead vocals, uh, a Christmas uh, EP, and uh, it's one of those projects that I thought was really, really a lot of fun, and and I think the music's great. And uh, for some reason, it just never really got any traction. So uh, if you guys are into Christmas music, uh, seek out the Wandering Wannabes EP and uh, give it some love because it's a really, really, you know, a lot of love and effort was put into that. And the fact record. that it's the fact that it's you and Brian. Yeah, and Scott, Schia Scott Schiaffo, yeah. It's like, it's like yeah. why not? I mean... If you buy you've, the if you buy else. the crypt if you buy the crypt keepers Christmas album you got to buy uh, you know Dante's Christmas that if you yeah if you guys can put out to see like uh, uh, Jim Carrey's album which I had at one point so I mean like if you could do that you can you can do Wandering Wallabies well I, I always say Wallabies Wannabies Wannabies yes Wanna, it, was a, it was a play it was a play on the traveling Wilburys where the Wandering Wannabies they, they, they wanna be they wanna be they want you to be. A fan of their music so yeah, go listen go. to it if you get a chance but yeah you you, I, you totally jumped my you you got me my all apologies. disheveled now man my apologies. my apologies no no it's all good we were going to cover that but now we're going to get to wit's end yes which is your last film you've done before the new stuff yep wit's end was uh we shot it uh in 2018 and 2019 and two incredibly large superstorms. one called stella and I don't remember what the other one's called. Stella! And uh, <laughs> Northeast Pennsylvania was actually crippled with like four feet of snow and sub-zero temperatures and, and power was out for weeks on end. It was just an absolute nightmare. And uh, again, my dear friends, the, the uh, Brian O'Halloran and, and Scott Schiaffo, uh, Brian plays my brother in that film, and Scott Schiaffo plays our best friend. And uh, it's about a man who... His wife and daughter head off to Florida to go to a wedding shower. 
-hmm. And while they're gone, he goes out up to their uh, cabin uh, in uh, the Northeast to uh, just spend a couple days alone because his wife and daughter are away and also to get their Valentine's Day presents. And when he's going up there, it's absolutely gorgeous. This is actually based on a true story. Something happened to me. Uh, it was uh, absolutely gorgeous weather. Nothing was forecasted to happen. And uh, uh, as he goes up there, sadly, uh, one of the roads are closed that he usually takes to get to his cabin. And he's diverted. And he's diverted onto this very long, isolated road and runs out of gas. So instead of walking, uh, there's no, there's no uh, cell service because he's in the middle of nowhere. Uh, so instead of walking in the pitch black, uh, he he falls asleep in his car and, uh, you know, in the morning was going to look for help. Uh, but when he wakes up, he's, he wakes up to his car is totally encased in, in, in snow in like over four feet of snow. And he, from that point forward, literally has to fight for his very life because he's stranded in the middle of nowhere in an enormous blizzard. And uh, it's, it's a it's like a cross between like a Christmas movie, mm -hmm. a like suspenseful, like, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to say thriller, but it's like a Christmas, like suspense at least. Yeah. You know what? The movie that inspired me to do that film was a, a Robert Redford movie called all is lost where he's out in the middle of the Indian ocean, stuck on the boat mm -hmm. and for two hours. It's just Robert Redford on a boat fighting the elements. I think he has maybe two or three words of dialogue in the entire film. And that was kind of like a, uh, the basis for uh, the film. You know, when you're an independent filmmaker, you have so many limitations. And uh, when you have such a, an enormous, gigantic blizzard or storm, you know, that's something that's, uh, that if they were going to recreate in a Hollywood film would cost hundreds of millions of dollars to do because they would never go out in the middle of a, they wouldn't be crazy <laughs> enough to go out in the middle of a blizzard. It'd be CGI or yeah, something. Right. So it was production value that you, uh, that you just couldn't uh, uh, ever uh, really afford to do as a small independent filmmaker. And when I, when we had the, when it was in theaters last July, and we saw it up there on a giant screen and it was really epic in scope, you know, like the snow and the blizzard and the winds and the, and the sounds. And, and I was, you know, it's a small move, but I'm very proud of it. And you know, you're dedicated when you're out there independent and you're not, you're not sitting there making like millions of dollars on this film. You're out there in a freezing <laughs> trying to make this movie. Oh and gosh. I have start. I mean, uh, I tell you, my feet were frozen. My hands were frozen. We had to lug around a 60 pound camera with, uh, you know, and a, uh, and a tripod and sound equipment and some, some hideous, hideous weather conditions. But I heard they yeah. used to call you blue lips. Yes. There you go. <laughs> and uh, a funny story about that is that we were shooting a scene and uh, when you make movies, you use prime lenses, meaning that they're only a fixed focal point. Mm -hmm. and uh and they tend to be very very expensive and we were shooting a scene and it was probably about eight or nine degrees below zero and the camera was out in those temperatures for maybe an hour but when we brought the camera back into the uh, truck uh and and the temperature differential the lens just shattered like literally oh. went so i mean it's, it's lessons like that you learn uh the hard way uh, but I hope this movie does good. <laughs> yes, but luckily it was a uh, luckily it was a uh, the shots that we got that day were so beautiful that it was you know worth the lens. <laughs> awesome, that's awesome. And like I said, it, it, it's a good film. 
Um, I didn't know. I'll be honest. I didn't know if I was going to like it. Okay. Because I, I'm I'm a strictly if you look at my collection, it's horror, superheroes, mm-hmm. and that's about it. Like once in a while, you can get me to watch a comedy. Not mm-hmm. much newer, but usually like the olders. Mm-hmm. Um, but that I, I I'm very limited. I'm very picky. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, okay, a Christmas movie. It was more of a survival movie. I right. just wanted to try something different, you know. But this is what I was going in. At. I was mm-hmm. like, okay, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a it's a Christmas movie. We'll we'll watch it. Die Hard was a Christmas movie. Let's go. Let's give this a shot. Oh, I got so, you. So I go in and I was just like, okay. Yeah, a lot okay. of people think the camaraderie between Brian Scott and I in the first ten minutes of the movie is is very funny, and uh, there's even a Clerks reference in there. So it's, uh, uh, you know. Uh, I, I I like that movie. I'm proud of it. I'm I'm glad because, like I said, it it's one of your better ones. <clears throat> Thank you. And that's saying something. Like I said, I'm a big Mr. Hush fan, but yes, Wits End is one of your better ones, and it's 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 very moving. Very yeah, it's moving. supposed to be. I mean, it's supposed to. It's not supposed to be a big glossy movie. It's supposed to be almost like, you know, saying a found footage film just doesn't sound fair because. Uh, you know, it wasn't shot on cell phones, yeah. but it's supposed to be more like you're 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 literally watching somebody uh, like losing it because they just desperately want to get home to their family. And I don't want to give out like endings or plots because, guys, it's it's a good movie. So that's it's only 80 minutes. It's short. You don't I mean, have to. Cut. Yeah, you don't it's, have it's to... Not, yeah, it's not like you're going to be sitting there forever. It's it's. <laughs> It's worth the watch, guys. It's worth the watch. If you can sit there and watch It's a Wonderful Life for the like 80th time, 90th time, you won't be disappointed. From there, Mr. Madison, David, yes, sir. Yes. <laughs> I'm still going to call it. I, it just, it's just my thing, Mr. Madison. Uh, Dave, mm-hmm. David. Is it Dave, Dave or David? Is fine. Dave is fine. Dave, Dave, mm-hmm. Dave. I'm going to hit you with a barrage of questions now. Okay. Because we've gone through your career thus far i know we haven't talked about your new stuff yet i want to hit that at the end but now it's time for some q a Uh oh i'm in trouble i already asked what inspired your career so we got that one down Mm -hmm. i've already asked a few of these but here's the question what what is your favorite genre in the horror business like i know you're a fan of the horror you you've had stories where uh, your brother um oh yeah my because you're a brother you got to rub elbows with some big names yeah yeah, yeah. vincent price and peter cushing and all the the legendary guys uh i am an old school horror guy i like uh monster movies so in that Hmm? like monster movies because i mean there's a plethora 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 of monster movies you've got your vampires your werewolves your zombies your your demons your whatever other creatures that they can pop out at you right um you got toilet monsters you got water monsters you got lake monsters you got land i got i get the point i'm pretty much i'm a vampire and werewolf guy if you want more specific so you're claw and fang guy you're you're Mm -hmm. you're a vampire and werewolf guy Mm -hmm. so that's why you went with mr hush like is that why the first one you were like that's the first one yeah i'm gonna go right for the vampire the name uh, let's see if i get holland price Alan Price, yes. Alan Price is uh, a, a play on my favorite director, Tom Holland, and Vincent. And one of my Vincent Price. One of my I, I assumed actors. that I was like, that's what I was gonna say. I was like, that's a that's that's a combo yep. name, ain't it? 
Yep, like Peter Vincent was actually Peter Cushing and Vince Price. Mm-hmm. Mr. Hush. Okay, yes. we've talked about him. How did it feel to have your script put into like what is it like a museum like what is it oh yes okay. uh they, they contacted me in 2011 because the film came out theatrically in 2011 and requested to have a copy of the script put in the margaret herrick library in uh in hollywood california it's the academy of motion pictures arts and societies library and uh only a handful of films every year get selected to be put in there it's called the core collection and uh, Mr. Hush was one of those movies that they requested to put in their core collection. And to this day, I, I pinch myself that uh, that they actually chose my film to be there. It just that has to be mind. like that had to blow your mind. I mean, it was your first movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and it's just uh, like here we want it. Yeah, no, I mean uh, somebody saw some, an intrinsic value in in that film. And you know what's funny about that movie? it seems to gain new life every year. It seems to be a movie that as time passes, people appreciate it more. Uh, I, I think the further it gets away from the whole uh, debacle of the packaging of it looking like trick or treat. And, uh, you know, it, it's a strange film because it's divisive in that uh, people either really, really love it or they don't like it at all. And then when you have a film like that, it's, uh, it's you know, you have people who are pitted against each other and it's never a good thing. It's not, it's not a movie that people have like a middle ground on. See, my thing with the whole poster problem mm -hmm. is like, I see back there right behind you. Oh yeah, that's actually one of the, uh, uh, the cards from uh, uh, that would hold its place in, uh, what was it? In Blockbuster Video. So I thought that mm -hmm. was a really cool keepsake. It's one of those cardboard cards that if the movie was out, mm -hmm. you would say it's that's where it was. Yeah. But that poster, the same one I got here, mm -hmm. basically, people are complaining that it looks too much like uh, trick or treat. Mm -hmm. But right next door to it, right behind you, okay, I see a poster of Army of Darkness, right, which is one of my favorite films. Mm -hmm. um, which is kind of sort of if you like, you look at that and you look at uh, what is it, Star Wars? Oh yeah, or, oh it definitely has a Star of, Wars vibe. It, yeah. Very like Princess Leia and. Almost all, up and almost all movie posters are derivative of each other. I mean, and, if the Trick or Treat fans really looked at the Rob's, original Rob Zombie Halloween poster, mm -hmm. Trick or Treat heavily borrowed from it. So <laughs> it's a I weird think, place to be throwing stones from. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like Trick or Treat. Hmm? I think the fight, that, that whole thing with posters is just ridiculous because it's a poster. Um, if anything, you should look at it as more of Hey, they liked it so much that they used this, you know, it's like, what is it? Um, imitation is the sincerest form, form of flattery. flattery. Yeah, yeah. So that's how I would look at it personally. Yeah. I wouldn't be like, no, burn them at the stake, you know, but it it's is what it business. is. The day it came out on DVD and Blu-ray was the same day that uh, um I think it was like a $60 million horror movie called Cabin in the Woods came out big chris hemsworth super movie what, I mean, wait, what, a, what a time to come out right? and somebody said uh in one of their reviews mr hush is good but it's not as good as cabin in the woods and i'm like well uh cabin in the woods catering budget was probably bigger than mr hush's entire <laughs> budget 
So, I mean, I, this it's, steak kind of, hoagie. it's kind it's kind of, uh, I look at that as a compliment if I'm being, you know, if a $200,000 movie is being compared to an $80 million movie, I look at it as a compliment. But how, how, how can they even like compare? I mean, not to sound smart, mm. your work is phenomenal. I love it. But here's an independent director, independent writer, putting out his work. Mm-hmm. And then here's, uh, I forget. The Hollywood machine. Yeah, yeah, like big name with big name actors mm-hmm. working on this high, high uh, CGI and graphic horror. Mm-hmm. We're going to add all these different horror genres into it. So it's not just just a, a horror movie. It's like 80 million horror movies in one. One, right. It's like, it's like, what was it? I think it was Weird Al, UHF mm-hmm. came out with E.T., <laughs> something like that it's like how how can you you give props but you're fighting it's a fighting you gotta yeah you gotta it's, earn it's, it's a weird it's a weird thing to have to uh i look at all films as art and how they touch people and how they entertain people but uh when when reviewers put out stuff like that it just boggles my mind yeah yeah you can't you can't sit there and judge one with by the other Right, two totally if, different things. If you're, if you're going to judge an independent film, go against another independent film, or go right. against another budget movie, like around the same budget. If it's not necessarily independent, but the same effort, I guess mm-hmm. you want to call it. it. You don't go. Here's this blockbuster, and here's this. Who are you again? You know. <laughs> yeah, I look at it as a testimonial to like they thought it was a bigger release than I guess it, than it was. You know, so I'll I'll take that as a positive. Take. Take it where you can, right? Yep. They want to. They want to do the, compare it and like go ahead, compare. It's Put fine. my name in your mouth. Put it out there, David Madison. What is it? Did they say a uh, no press is bad press or something? There you like go. That? Yep. So, and I get a I get a lot of no press, so I guess I'm. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I don't know about no press. I mean, I think I think it's bad press. There's no such thing as bad press. There you go. So, <laughs> we'll, we'll go. We'll go with it. You said it's run its course, so I'm hoping I could. Well, one could always pray that there's a sequel, but see, Mister Harris is getting a little long in the tooth, my friend. Yeah, it's a little vampire humor there. I guess I'll have to live with that. Anyway, <laughs> here we are. With that said, sir, I want to come to a close. Okay. You, here soon but before i go because mm-hmm. i've been holding off holding off holding off you have new stuff in the works ah yes this october in theaters uh i have uh, uh my werewolf feature coming out uh everything is prosthetic it's no cgi uh, makeup took like 10 hours at a time when we created the werewolves and it's uh, uh, uh if you like uh 80s werewolf films like silver bullet american werewolf in london or even the werewolf section of Waxwork, you will love this movie. And uh, it uh, it stars myself and uh, Marianne Hagen, who was uh, the Strode character in the last Halloween film that had uh, Donald Pleasance in it, the of the first Is canon. It, was it like five or six? six? It was six. Halloween six. I always forget what the sub title on six it's was. Not, it was. It's not the revenge of Michael Myers. Is it? There's the curse I think of Michael it's the Myers. Curse. There's return. Revenge, Revenge and curse. curse. Yeah, so oh, it was Curse. Yeah. Okay. And she was, uh, she's, uh, uh, I think she played Kara Strode in that film. Absolutely beautiful and wonderful actress. 
she was also on friends and she, you know, just had an amazing career. She's a, uh, she's uh, in full moon fever. Uh, so is my dear friend, Scott Schiaffo. And uh, there might be one or two very, very not- notable horror icons that you'll see in that film. And uh, that comes out uh, next October. So I'm super excited. If you like a good old fashioned uh, monster movie, you'll love it. And practical effects. Practical effects. Uh, to me, we need more of those in horror movies. I, I, yep. I, practical effects. Yes. <laughs> I mean, now, if you actually get a chance to edit this show, I could send you a picture of uh, like one of the werewolf transformation scenes and you could throw it up right here. Yeah. You can go ahead, send me one and I'll just right there. That'd be awesome. But anyway, that's, what is it called? Full moon fever? Full moon fever. And it's coming in theaters? Theaters in October. So this October, right? Not, not yeah. a year from now and we're not delaying it. No, like uh, six months from now. Oh, right. That's great. So, something to look forward to, to actually go to the movies for, guys. Yes. Full Moon Fever in theaters this October from this man right here. The one and only. Why David do you keep pointing at me? It's funny because on my screen, I'm underneath you. So you're up yeah. above me. I always do that. I always, like, I go with my screen. <laughs> so I'm like, here. I did it last time. Like, uh, my co-host was actually here, but I kept pointing over here. <laughs> so I'm like, yes. he's over here. And he just that's what i do i don't know why i even point i like i have a just sit here like this from now on put your hands in your pocket young man like i'm done i quit no pudding for you (laughs) time behind my back i could do podcasts with one hand behind my back i need put two that's for sure (laughs) but i want to thank you mr madison david absolutely my pleasure even online uh normally like i said i'd have another co-host here he would have been he would have been hitting you with the left rights as well, which totally threw me off a little bit because I was waiting for him. And I'm like, come on, come on, come on. But I'm glad you came. I'm it was glad my we had pleasure. This. I'm glad we had this one-on-one. Um, and tell the other guy it's his loss because we could have became dear friends. We he's going to want to come back if I get uh, Katie Barbarian. I'm going to be, uh-uh, oh. uh-uh, uh-uh. No, man, no. you diss Dave who... Yeah, who that's exactly who, it. You yeah. know Dave. No You've gone to Sci-Fi Valley Con. You, you don't go... You don't, you don't give him the time? You, you're done. You're done. He's going to go with Ralph. And, 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 and in his defense, Katie's a lot, a lot more beautiful than I am. Easier on the eyes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, Dave. You, you've got... You've got... I got that glow. I got that old got man that, glow. That soccer that dad glow. You got, you got that... You got that... Mm-mm goodness. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but anyway before i go we're gonna get ready to go do you have one more time you want to spit out your information for them to follow you or come see you yeah you got you could follow the films of david lee madison on facebook or you can uh just like me on facebook david lee madison or of course please like my show uh, the end of the night uh, uh david lee madison's the end of the night yeah so or dlm dlm yeah uh, DLM. And, uh, some of the, like uh some of the coolest uh stars we grew up with and loved show up on the show all the time so it's just like a real hoot and you never know because it's like new person every week almost you never know it is a new person every week so check him out david madison guys one more time thank you sir for coming on the show thank you You, for having me i love your show you have just boosted my ratings 110 times so (laughs) yes we went from one one person to two yes (laughs) 100 (laughs) percent That second viewer makes it official. I have jumped 100%. 
Thank you, my dear friend. Next time I'm in Altoona, I'll make sure I reach out to you and maybe we'll grab a bite to eat together. At a Mexican restaurant? It's not there anymore, sadly. Well, no, but it, it's kind of there. No, I didn't know that. Well, which one was it? Was it the one over by... Casa Valdez. Yeah. Because it used to be, I think, El Capucino, and then El Capucino moved, and then they moved, changed that to Casa Valdez. And mm-hmm. I'm not sure, but I think it's like somewhere here because we we still have like two three mexican restaurants all right we'll we'll <laughs> find we'll, we'll go on a trip and we'll find it i mean it can't be far but yes yeah. thank you once again and folks thank you for tuning in to geek demon online don't forget to hit the like subscribe give a shout out to this guy give a shout out to my co-host that's normally here the one and only ace of knaves john plowman we'll find out next week what happened if you're watching this on YouTube, it's youtube.com slash Productions. Give it a smash, fight, fight, like, subscribe. If you're on Facebook, that is facebook.com slash Online. Check it out there. If he posts anything new, like normally, like if it's anything related to the new movie coming out, I will have it also on there. So you oh, can thank you. check it out there. You can check it out on his site. Click it there to go to his site. Give love. Give love. Support the indies. And that's all I got. So for all of us, for this guy here, I'm speaking for him because I have that power now. Stay freaky, stay geeky, and peace. Can't you feel-